Welcome to the Before Midnight podcast coming to you from the N Plus One studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast, we explore the world of age group triathletes. We'll be looking at the real world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host, Linda Ward, along with my co-host, Brian Schenkenfelder. How's it going, Brian? Dude, I'm phenomenal. I'm ready to go. It's game time. Let's go. You know how I talk about the little kids trying to say phenomenal? Yes. So we've got a three-year-old, and he can't say Christmas. It comes out Fishmas. Fishmas. Okay. So he's like, Merry Fishmas. And I'm like, oh, my God. I need all my Christmas cards to have a fish. And <laughs> it's the cutest fucking thing. Merry Fishmas. I like that. Merry Fishmas. It's Mary a Fishmas tweet. I'm like, awesome. He's precious. He's a very verbal three-year-old, so you yeah. really get... Um, a good insight into how a three-year-old thinks because he's able to verbalize most three-year-olds can't verbalize as well as he does okay so he's so he's very um it's very insightful to talk to him so he's a talker he's a talker and Future he's pretty, salesman. pretty clear about <laughs> what he's saying you know sometimes it takes a little while to, a lot of three-year-olds you have no clue you just go okay right. whatever this kid you actually get it okay and it's it's interesting yeah but Mary Fishmas. Do you get it, or are you just losing your mind to the point where I get it now because it makes sense? <laughs> no, I mean I actually I'm like wow that you know that's it's just kind of surprising for a kid his age to be able to express himself as good as the four and five year olds that yeah, are in no. his class. So it's yeah no I'm, I'm I am losing my mind. I mean there's there's no doubt about that. I'm sitting here with you. But at the same time, yeah, no, yeah, it's but Mary Fishmas is my there you big go. one this week. So is that what you're gonna say all year then? Probably. To everybody? Yeah. Mary Fishmas. People Mary are Fishmas. like, what the hell are you talking? <laughs> I've never caught a fish in my life, but you know, Mary Fishmas. You've never caught a fish? No. How is that even possible? No, I've never caught a fish. I've never put a worm on a hook. I have never caught a fish in my life. We didn't. How is that possible? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm boggled. Mind boggled. How is that? Why? why? Everybody's been fishing and caught a fish. Doesn't mean I've you're been a fisherman. fishing. I haven't caught anything. Maybe I caught a fish once. See, I take that back. See, All right. yes. Okay. Everybody's caught like a fish. Well, I don't know if it was me or if it was my daughter. Jillian was really good at catching fish. I don't know why, but I don't think I ever did. No, I think it was her. I don't think okay. it was me. But we. Uh, I, I think I attempted, and I was like, this is incredibly boring. I'd rather read a book. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Fishing is very meditative, because not much happens <laughs> between catching fish. If you're good at it, you catch them a little more frequently than the person who's not good at it, like yeah, the no. rest of us. I had no desire to become good at catching fish. A lot of it is kind of knowing when to fish. Because I had a pond in my previous house, and I'd go down there to fish occasionally. Okay. And if you go, like, in the morning, in the evening, like, you just throw something out there. And especially with, like, you have a lot of bluegill. They catch, bam. Well, my other problem is I don't do dead things very well. So it's like, what am I going to do with it? You just throw them back. Okay. But then you get to get the hook out. And, mm. That can be a problem, yes. Yeah, There's no doubt about that. Because you have to... It, you put your thumb on you push it down the scale so it doesn't poke your hand and then you get the hook out now hopefully the hook is in its lip when they swallow the hook that's when it gets bad you're trying not to rip their guts out as you <laughs> as you dislodge the hook 
And then sometimes you can't get it out. Give you me just, all these reasons to sometimes you just have to never cut go the fishing line again. And let them swallow the hook. They're probably not going to survive that, but that's okay. It's fish. There's millions of fish out there. <laughs> I mean, we've got two ponds on our property, and my nephew used to go down, and we didn't have them fenced off for the horses, so we had to get after anybody that went fishing there. It's like, you cannot leave a line, or anything, because the horses drink out of there. And right. And it's going to cause some major problems with my livestock, so. That could be a problem. We yeah. didn't really encourage any fishing yeah. on that pond. So, no, no, just no desire to fish, especially now. <laughs> I, I'm not a fisherman either. I just, I've just been fishing and I've caught fish before because that's just, you know, part of being a human being is fishing. That's what our ancestors I mean, I guess, did to eat. You know, I'm originally from South Australia. I have no idea if my mom and dad ever fish. They don't really have, like, ponds. I mean, it's dry. They so don't. no one eats fish? Well, they have the ocean. <laughs> They eat plenty of fish. I mean, exactly. Someone catches fish. fish. Someone catches Everybody has fish. to catch fish. But I don't remember my parents ever talking about going out on a boat in the ocean. I mean, because we lived in South Australia, right you know, right on the coast. don't think they ever caught a fish. Either one of them. So it's not something that we did. So Being I, a good Kentucky boy, I have gone fishing. <laughs> proud of you there. I think my son's even caught a fish. Probably. I'm not a good Kentucky woman. Sorry. I'm sure Jenny's probably caught a fish. My probably. Wife. No one likes fishing, though, yet. It's, it's, inc- it's difficult. I mean, you have to have, you have to be able to deal with kind of, yeah, icky things. Icky things and being incredibly bored. No. Uh, you cast and you reel in. I mean, you don't have to let it sit there. You can use different type of bait and reel it in. Like, some people will, like, they'll take two fishing poles and you can drop one in and let it sit. And you take another one and you can kind of reel in and, and keep casting and reeling in and try to capture it. <sighs> yeah. It's no different than running, which is let's do 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 do. You run by yourself. I run with people. You can I fish with people and talk. But oh my gosh, no! You get in trouble for being noisy. You just have to whisper. You just have to. Use, you have to use a soft voice. But it's just as exciting as running. So, <laughs> how's your Christmas shopping going? <laughs> Snoozing with this conversation about fishing. I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> I did. Generally, I guess things have changed now in how Amazon ships because a lot of times I would like order a couple things and then instead of like going to the store and buying a card anymore, I'll just buy one off Amazon and have them ship it to me. But then today, because they ship weird now, I got the card by itself. So some poor driver had to come and deliver you know, a seven dollar. Oh my card god. <laughs> oh, that's awful. That's an Amazon so, issue, not mine. I mean, I sit there and I try to pick the thing where you get the least amount of packages. Right. You don't do that? Well these ship from separate facilities oh, is my guess. Oh okay. So okay. the card ship ship from a different facility, facility. than <laughs> the other thing I ordered and that became kind of this oops. Oops. So, it's, it is what it is. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I've had a couple of random things come in. And I'm like, I probably should have grouped all that together. Oh, well. Oops. Well, I have a tendency to, like, when I want something, I just buy it. Mm-hmm. And then the problem is, like, six, four hours later, I'm like, you know, I really should have bought something this with it, too. Well, then I'll buy it, and they'll come separately. Yes. Yeah. That's life for me. I'm, I had, uh, actually, when I got this watch, the internet was going in and out, and I was trying to get the good price on it. And uh, I didn't think that the sale went through. 
And so I ordered it again. And by the time I figured it out, because the internet was being all wonky, that I had ordered two of them, it was too late to cancel one of them. So, so I have the second one, and my friend's going to buy it. She's like, yeah, I like that watch. I'm like, okay, it's identical to mine. She's like, I like that color, too. I'm like, all right. There you go. <laughs> so that took care of well, that. Yeah, I get weird things like I was buying security cameras. Our security cameras getting old. I'm going to buy a new one for the house, and then I wanted to buy one for the bike shop so mm-hmm. I could get rid of my service because I don't need a service if it's on my property and <laughs> my yeah. bike shop. I can just do it myself because right. it'll alert you if someone goes down there as well as simply safe who called no big deal but that meant i had to do two transactions back to back on different cards because oh one's <laughs> one business. goes to the business bike shop yep. and one's for the house which would right. be a different company right because i want to be able to protect my yeah computer stuff so right. yeah i'm getting a camera for the house so i can protect my computer stuff but that's a different company than Small batch, right. so I have to take two purchases on two different cards at the same time, coming to the same address, which is hilarious. I'm wondering if they'll actually ship it in two different boxes or if they'll come together. Yeah. <laughs> what that company will actually do with that? They'll probably ship. It's I bet it'll be two different boxes. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Now, which is hilarious. It's funny because right, we get pizza from Papa John's for the school on Fridays. Well, lately, I've been nice boss and I've been buying pizza for the staff. And normally, you know, it's like, okay, I want it to come at 11.15 when the other pizzas come because I don't want them doing it. You know, they're already delivering 25, 30 pizzas to us. To try to do that online is a nightmare. So I'm like, I'm trying to call and I'm talking to somebody who's not at the store. And she's not, I finally hung up on the woman. You're better off ordering online. Yeah, the woman, well, when I had done it two weeks before that, she transferred me to the store. She got it. This girl was not getting it. She kept on trying to, do you want cookies with that? No. I, you're not. <clears throat> Never mind. Yeah, because nothing goes to the stores now directly. You used to, with pizza, you used yeah. to call the local store and put right. the order in. But they've, what happens is, since I worked at pizza local store, the drivers would answer and enter it in. And you end up having, like, problems where, like, the drivers would go out and you only have like one manager and you didn't have enough phones and people got right. put on hold, hold for an extended yeah, yeah, period yeah. of time because I, I have want... one person taking orders and 10 people calling in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I understand out putting it in. Uh, so I was really impressed when the first girl did send me right. directly to the store. That was great. But the second chick, I was like, oh, you're not understanding. And I kind of expected that same thing to happen and it didn't happen. I'm like, expectations men are always yeah. a driver of great frustration and anger. So then I got online, and I, and I, it, you know, I was like, well, if the driver has to do a separate thing. But I talked to the driver, and he was like, no, no, no. If we see it's the same address, we're going to bring it to, you know, we, we get it. Right. You know, they've, they've figured us out now, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> but Amazon's not that smart. They're going to separately package everything. <laughs> right. Well, they're, they're trying to get volume out the door, and they don't really yeah. care about grouping so much as it is getting the orders fulfilled yeah. as fast as possible. Yeah. Because that's their business model. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got your card. I got my $7 card. card. <laughs> I'm like chuckling. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so how's things at the pool? We were going to talk a little bit about swimmers. I haven't been at the pool in weeks, so uh, <laughs> fill me in. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to be a new swimmer is, all over again. Yeah, because K-State's just not going to fix it. They've, no, it's not going to happen. They've got issues financially that are bigger than the pool, and <laughs> they have to figure those out, I think, first. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and the Y's just kind of stuck. I mean, here in Frankfurt, they're not going to open the downtown Y, and that's where the big pool was. Well, that building should have been torn down yeah, 10 that years building ago. Is, <laughs> that building is close to 50 years old now. Oh, well, it's over 50 mm. years. It was built in 1969. And I don't think the Y even owns that property. No. So there's just too many. So maybe someday we'll get a new Y in Frankfurt with a new pool, but I am not going to hold my breath. So. If it will, it won't be the next year. No. <laughs> no, certainly not. So I need to figure out a way to get to Shelbyville more. Anyway. I imagine Kentucky State will probably open in the next year, but I don't know. There will not be a new Y facility in the next year. No. No, there won't. But hopefully... You know, in summertime I'll come, and Juniper Hills will open, and maybe I'll make it up there, but I kind of doubt it. I don't know when they're going to allow lap swimming. That's really the question with that one, because once it gets to daytime, they're just rolling kids into the pool. They don't have lap lanes. And they have the swim team in the morning. Well, when the swim team's there, they do have like one or two lanes available for people that just want to lap swim. I have done that. That That's a few years ago, but I did do that. Um... I mean, that's the same reason we don't have a master's team, because there's no place to swim. There's no place to swim. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Maybe someday that'll change. But for now. Let me see. No, I'm not going to hold my <laughs> <laughs> I make kids do that one, too. I get them to be quiet. I tell everybody, hold your breath. And all of a sudden, they're quiet. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Brilliant. Until they all start turning purple. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so how's it going with the master's team? I've heard that it is, uh, it's growing. Yeah, we're doing well with our master's program. It's, we get, I I probably should like track attendance because I get into these weird, I get into these cycles where we'll have a lot of people for a month or two. And then for like a month, there'll be half those number of people. And then for two more months, it bounces back up. And I'm not sure it's seasonal because it, it always, it always kind of like, well, we're doing good. And all of a sudden it's like, we're down a bunch of people. And then people start coming back for whatever reason a month or two later. Yeah. It's really strange. Well, your team has got a lot of retired people on it. And they vacation, go visit grandkids. I don't know. They yes. just do different things. But even the younger ones kind of come and go. It's just been, this, yeah. it's just interesting in that it tends to be seasonal, but not seasonal. But not seasonal. <laughs> so I've been trying to figure out if, but then that's like actual work for me to like have to track that over Just time. Just take a picture. But then you'd have to like go and count. Oh my god. <laughs> but you have to like count like and, and keep it in a spreadsheet and, and manage it is what I'm saying. And that's a work that mm-hmm. I don't want to Make do. Make Mimi do that. And find some other team to be the historian yeah. to keep track of how people show up. Mm-hmm. But like the only person who shows up regularly to enough to count is me. And maybe Mimi. <laughs> I was going to say, Mimi's there every time I'm there, unless she's out of town. Yeah, but she goes out of town a lot more than I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know that. <laughs> I miss like three practices a year. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm by far the most <laughs> You are the most regular, yes. Well, there. you're kind of the coach, coach so you so should that happens. be. I get that. So. No, it's it's been good, though. But one of the things I kind of wanted to, to talk about today was, because we've had some newer swimmers, is what I've seen as the... Let's call them the three problems that almost every new swimmer that I run into has. Okay. And just kind of like 
what they are and how you can address them. So if you're kind of in the newer frame, you can go, oh, that might be something I do. Maybe this is how we might want to fix them and, and start thinking about fixing them. Okay. The, the biggest problem that new swimmers have, and it's just about every single one of them, is they will have a tendency to lift their head to breathe. People like breathing. I get it. It's kind, <laughs> it's of, kind of an important thing. I vital, get, I you get know. that it's important. At the same time, you don't need much space between the water and your mouth to be able to bring oxygen into your lungs. Yeah. But people don't get that when they start swimming. They feel like their head has to be five inches out of the water uh, yeah. <laughs> to be able to bring oxygen into their lungs. Like the big koi goldfish at the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what happens is, is people will push down with their arm so that they can lift their head out of the water to bring oxygen into their system. And that is bad form. That leads to all kinds of problems. Okay. One, as soon as your head comes out of the water, what has to happen to your other end? Your feet sink. Everything on the back end has to sink. And when that happens, you end up being more like a barge going through the water than a sleek boat. Yeah, you, you end up just dragging the water at mm-hmm. 40 to, you know, 45 degree <laughs> angle. We want to avoid that. And one of the things that's always challenging with new swimmers is getting them to extend the arm while the arm is extended, turn or rotate their body to actually get their mouth out of the water to breathe. And like the one drill that's most common people should do who are new swimmers is to kick with one arm extended and then rotate to breathe. Mm-hmm. If you have to rotate onto your back to breathe, that's okay. But it's got to be a rotation. You've got to use that long arm as your support mechanism. You don't want to push down into the water to lift your head. You just want to be long, rotate to breathe, use that long arm, the length of your arm, as your platform for breathing. Well, I know when we did that drill the last time I was in the pool, which was several weeks ago, I mean, I find that I have to kick like crazy. And a lot of times for newer swimmers, that would be a good time to purchase and use fins. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift and that you don't hey, have fins, like, hey, just, here's on my wish list on Amazon for fins. You can yeah. buy me these fins in these sizes. That make a great gift if you don't own fins. Because <laughs> they're probably about 40, 50, I don't know. They might be a little more uh, than that. No, I mean, I'm 25. Swimoutlet.com. Yeah. So there, there, you can get fins. That, that'll help provide the propulsion necessary to stay at top water. Because a lot of times when you're kicking, you're, when, when you're kind of new to swimming, you're not used to floating horizontally. Right. And you just kind of sink naturally. You, fins can help you stay on top of the water so you can work on your breathing. So even with that, so with that drill, you're not just turning your head. You want to turn... Ideally, you can do it with your turning your head, but realistically, if you're new, that's not going to work. You're just going to be okay. in the water still. <laughs> okay. You're going to have to like rotate your body and almost flip onto your back to get breath if you need to. Yeah, just just that idea of rotating along that long axis is mm-hmm. the important part. Because as you get better, you'll get better. You won't have to turn as much to okay. get breathing. You know, get the, as you go faster and faster in the water, you don't have to turn nearly as much to create that ground and as you get comfortable using this arm you really don't have to rotate too much you're not going to rotate above that 
90 degree axis where your shoulders are right uh, perpendicular to the bottom okay. you just have to kind of get used to being able to do that extended when that's where you get to kind of your the next drill on the extension upon that which is one arm swimming again another one that's good with the fins where you have one arm at your side one arm extended you breathe you take the stroke you come back recover back out long you turn to breathe and take the stroke that the reason you do that is kind of extension of the other one is because you are using your arm for propulsion you're going to go faster and it's a little bit easier to keep some speed going mm-hmm. while you're trying to I guess actually that's one, the drill I was thinking of because we did one arm swimming yeah. not we didn't just have our arm out we actually swam and I just had to kick like crazy to yeah to, to keep yourself afloat yeah. yeah that's that's the part of it that's that's challenging and when you're trying to learn to breathe the big key though is to rotate mm-hmm. always rotate don't lift because yep. when you lift bad things happen you're that pushing down and you're yeah. pushing down your balance goes off because i want to learn to balance long and rotate on an axis because if i have good balance lengthwise when i rotate my balance isn't thrown off mm-hmm. because i'm still in the water like a log you know when we can turn a log it can spin around and it doesn't lose its balance it doesn't sink or whatever because it spins on that long axis okay so it's the same type of concept we're trying to draw out with swimmers I want to be long, and I want to rotate on that axis so that I can maintain my balance in the water. I just keep thinking a pig on a spit, but yeah. <laughs> a pig on a spit is a beautiful thing. You know, if you want to think of yourself on a spit, you know. The, Not the really. Going up but... through your bottom and up out your head, you know, you can do that, man. When you're rotating on that spit, that's cool. Well, I'm good with that. If that's the visual you need. Unfortunately, that's the one that comes to mind. <laughs> If that's the visual that works, I am all for it. Whatever works. Whatever gets the concept home to the person. Oops. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) And that leads me on to this one, which is the second problem I see a lot of people have. They get to the end of 25 yards, and they are just... They can't breathe. You get that. That comes from holding your breath. You put your face in the water... You hold your breath, you turn, you try to breathe quickly like that because, well, you're pushing down, lift your head out, you're trying to get that oxygen and exchange yeah. while your head is above water in that really brief second. And it's very challenging to do that. It's very challenging to exhale all of your CO2, inhale oxygen in that half a second you have. <laughs> So there's not that much time. <laughs> You've got a very short period of time, and if you're holding your breath with your face underwater, you're not going to get it all out. Yeah. And basically, you're going to get a buildup of CO2. The body, when it gets a lot of CO2, begins to go, hey, we need to breathe. And yeah. that's why you begin to be like, I'm out of breath. Because your body's like, hey, I need more oxygen. We've got way too much CO2 built up here. Not it's a good thing. Not working. Yeah. Not, not liking it. I can't get oxygen to the body. And I need oxygen because we're doing all this activity with your arms and legs, this wacky yeah. activity with your arms and legs. We need oxygen. We got too much CO2. We got to breathe. And you start gasping for breath. And that's why people have struggled 25 yards or 50 yards. I, a lot of times I'll get new swimmers like, oh, swimming's so hard. It's so exhausting, blah, blah, blah. And that's because they're holding their breath a lot of times. Mm-hmm. They're not getting the good oxygen exchange. Because you swimming from a fitness standpoint, is much easier than running or biking 
mm-hmm. for me, to be honest. But you have to be efficient at it. You have to have that good oxygen exchange. There is a fitness element to swimming, but fitness yeah. swimming is mostly a technique-driven sport. And to be good, it's more technique than it is physical strength or physical conditioning. I mean, that's not to say swimmers are poor shape. No, but I, shape. I mean... It's not the same, though. It's looking at the swimmers that we have, and I mean, I struggle a lot more than a lot of the other swimmers because I don't have very good technique. But, I, you know... So well, I mean, I can see there's a lot of people who swim very well and are very fast and do a whole workout who are nowhere near shape that I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> but yet they're faster than me. But they're the faster, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all these people that, well, as, as one of our swimmers, she, when I'm like, I am so slow, she's like, yeah, but you can beat us all on the ground. So I'm like, oh, good point. All right, thanks. I mean, I've been but to I'm swim in much better shape than them. where there's been these guys who have consumed quite a few adult beverages and have... It's carb loading. Come carb on. loading <laughs> in the front and have these huge storage of carbs in their stomach area who just will absolutely wipe my butt in a swim meet. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's wild. Yep. Swimming so. is a technique sport. Fitness is important, but it's not the most important element of it. Not like running. Running is all fitness. Yeah. There is technique there, but it's not nearly as extensive as it is in swimming. Just the way of it. So you, you got to be able to roll to breathe. You can't hold your breath. You got to exhale that carbon dioxide mm-hmm. while you're underwater. So I'm blowing it out. Now when I turn, all I'm doing is inhaling. I'm not exhaling and inhaling at the same time. Mm -hmm. That's one of the big keys. That's one of the big problems almost all new swimmers have because almost all new swimmers at 25 are like, (laughs) and it's the same problem. Well, they're not exhaling, and I find I do this, I don't exhale completely. That's the other thing. And so when I'm inhaling, I'm not, it's like, oh, I didn't exhale enough to get enough oxygen, especially if we're swimming fast. Right, and yeah. ideally you're gonna you're gonna do that final blowout right before you break the surface, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm exhaling, but if I'm going quickly, I'm gonna probably breathe a little bit faster. <sighs> now I can as soon as I break water, mm-hmm. so <sighs> so it's exhaling out that last little bit right before you break the surface. So you bring it in, come back in, because the longer I spend over here trying to breathe, yeah, the more likely I'm gonna be out of balance. And things are going to go wonky. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend a ton of time breathing, if all possible, because it does change the balance of your stroke. Yeah. Uh, and, and you want to try to maintain that same rhythm throughout the stroke, and you don't want it be a completely different stroke than the rest of your strokes that you take. Mm-hmm. And so, breathing is a huge chunk of it. You know, learning to turn to breathe properly and support it, and then exhaling so that you can get oxygen. Because most of the time, when you're, even when you're swimming hard, that out of breath at the end of the swim is mostly from just the oxygen exchange not being ideal. Mm-hmm. Think of it like running. If I were running and I had to hold my breath for two steps, every two steps, and then I could breathe in every three steps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would just be, it's awkward. And that's yeah. what causes a lot of that weariness and things like that in swimming and not necessarily the physical activity itself mm-hmm. that tires you out it's that kind of a forced oxygen exchange rate that is not natural makes sense now the third thing that is almost universal among new swimmers is they kick from the knees oh gosh yes <laughs> everybody yeah. who comes into swimming 
kicks from the knee. And I, I assume it comes from like playing sports and stuff where if you were not, if you played amateur soccer or amateur kickball, no one teaches you how to kick a ball. So most people generally will kick from the knee. From the knee. But if you like watch a soccer player, like football is probably good, like a field goal kicker or a punter, mm-hmm. they kick almost all from their hip. All their all that power right. is generated from the hip and drives through the leg. That's why like yeah, like a punter or a field goal kicker, someone who kicks the ball or a goalie who's punting the ball. If you watch them kick, it's all driven from the hip. Mm-hmm. Well, swimming's the same way. We're trying to generate power through the legs. You're not going to generate from the knee, you're going to generate from the hip. Yep. Much like you are kicking a ball <laughs> properly. Yeah. Properly, yeah. And that's the same thing is trying to teach people to swing from the hip, to kick from the hip. The knee is a non-entity in a kick. It basically just sits there and hinges your leg. When you kick, the water is what creates the knee bend and not yeah. bending You don't the really knee on need your, your knees. No, the knees are passive. Yeah. Very passive in the swim stroke. Yeah. And that's Ankles something are probably that, more important than probably. knees. And that's where runners struggle in swimming. Mm-hmm. Because runners have very stiff ankles. <laughs> yes. And, I'm, yeah, we've got a runner who's new into the pool. And, like, yeah, that's the downside to be a runner when you come to swimming is you don't have great ankle flexibility. Yeah. Because it's, if you're a good runner, you're not going to have good ankle flexibility. Yeah. And that's why swimmers sometimes have trouble coming into running because they have flexible ankles, which is not ideal for running. Because in running, you need that stiff ankle because you're using your foot as a lever mm-hmm. to run. That's yeah. why you need that stiffness there. In swimming, you're not levering off anything. You're just it's just flopping. Flapping, and the more flop you get, the faster you potentially can be. Especially right. if you have long feet, like a Michael Phelps. Yes, yeah, he's got really long feet, doesn't <laughs> yeah, he? Most of your freak swimmers have like these giant, long, big hands too. Big hands, big feet. Yeah, they're big they're hands. physical outliers. I mean, mm-hmm. they're also like six five and six six, which is That's part of the reason too. they're got big hands and big feet. <laughs> But those are the three things that new swimmers struggle with. And if you're new to the sport, those are the things you need to make sure you're trying to get right early mm-hmm. in your learning process because those sometimes are the hardest things to fix. And if you get into swimming and you do too many miles and too many, you begin to ingrain these bad habits. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea to try to nip those in the bud earlier rather than six months down the road. I'm thinking the breathing is probably the easiest one, or at least the the holding breath. Um, The easy ones are holding your breath and kicking. Those are easy to overcome. The getting the rotation takes a while. That's the one that's hard. Yep. What was somebody, I don't know if it was you, that told me to hum under the water. Yeah, that's a good one to do it. And so it reminds me Because that forces you to breathe it out. Yeah, when we did the adult learn to swim class, because so many people... I usually have the the real chickens that are lucky people, to get their people are afraid, so they hold their they hold their it's breath. Very they don't realize unusual. that the, you know most be able people to, do. Yeah, it's not unusual. Yeah, but it's it's okay to breathe out underwater because you can lift your head up and you can yes, get air above again, the water. Yes. You're you're yes. not that far. Oxygen above <laughs> it's okay. water. You're not going to accidentally try to breathe in water. Well, yeah, when when you get adults who've never swam, you begin to get into rational fears, which drives yes. a lot of that those yeah. issues. But it's been interesting. The other thing that probably new swimmers can benefit from, kind of a bonus tip, 
that I, that I run into is a lot of times people they'll get into like a sport like triathlon and they think they need to go to the pool and swim two thousand yards straight. <laughs> that, from my standpoint, that's a horrible idea mm-hmm. because if I'm swimming two thousand yards, I know that especially if you're new, your stroke's going to break down after about twenty five. Maybe you might get fifty yards. Yeah. What that means is after that first twenty five or fifty yards. I've got 1,950 yards of bad technique that's being just ingrained into my brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Break the strokes up. Take a break. It doesn't have to be a long break. You come to the end, wait 5, 10 seconds and go again. Mm-hmm. You're still going to get the same aerobic workout. You're going to get swimming 2,000 straight. But what you're going to get allows you to regroup and focus on technique and hold that technique. You're better off swimming a bunch of 50s mm-hmm. than swimming 2,000 straight. Or, I mean, if you want to do 2,000 straight, break up the strokes. You know, every 100, do a breaststroke, yeah. do a backstroke or something you know, like you that. You could do... Trying to do, explain to people in a yeah, triathlon... You 10 you just, by 50 freestyle and then throw in 250s of something else yeah. and go back to 1050. But just stop. You don't. It doesn't have to be a contiguous yeah. swim. You can break your contiguous swim up into smaller blocks, allowing yourself the ability to regroup and make sure my technique is good. Mm -hmm. We've talked about myelin development. Mm -hmm. If I want to have good myelin development around proper technique, I've got to be focused on developing myelin the right way. If I swim a bunch of junk miles and I'm not focused on my technique, that myelin is not going to be developed properly. I'm going to ingrain bad habits. And it's already hard enough for me to develop myelin as an older adult to begin with. Yeah. What I don't want is that myelin to develop wrong and me having to restructure it later because that even mm-hmm. makes it twice as hard yeah. to restructure it at a later time. It's very important. The other way to think of it is like learning to play the piano. Are you better off learning to play the piano 15 minutes a day or three hours once a week? You're better yeah. off doing it 15, 15 minutes, minutes a day. day. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're developing it on a regular basis. And that's the same thing with swimming. I want to have small chunks of swimming where I'm focused on technique. Yeah. And m- my whole swim is technique. Now, when you join a master's team, that's kind of hard to do sometimes because you're following a plan and stuff like that. But when you have time and you're not doing a team workout, you really got to be focused on technique. And even well, when I'm doing a team Yeah, activity, I was going to say, even with the team workout, when you're new, you know, it took me a little while to realize... I don't have to swim everything that everybody else is doing. I can sit here and watch these really good swimmers and go and learn from watching right. them and take a break. And, you know, if everybody doing this 100, 150s and I can just do a 50, it's okay. We're, well, nobody's going to yell at me. Sometimes for, you're going to want to do a hard set. And when you're yeah, doing a hard well, set, yeah. you really can't focus on technique. I get that. That's, yeah. that's the downside to a master's program. But whenever you can, try to not swim long, contiguous sets. Yeah. If you don't have to. Like I said, sometimes the masters will do a f- sets of through 100s, 300s, 400s, and they might be a little long for someone who's learning the skill. But even so, that if you're only doing that occasionally, that's mm-hmm. still it, 78% of the time you're doing it in shorter sets where you can focus on technique and spend your time yeah. on technique, you're much better off than just swimming those long sets where you're not gaining those skills and i mean i know a lot of people uh especially just you know triathletes that are doing their first half or whatever they're concerned about the distance you know it's like am i gonna be able to make the distance just like runners you know doing a marathon i gotta do you know all these 20 mile runs 
No, 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 you don't. No, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do the distance. I mean, it's it's more of a cumulative effect. Yeah. It, in fact, you, well, swimming you can kind of do the distance because it's not a high impact sport. We're running where when you do those longer yeah. distances, that is a very negative impact because I can't come back and train the next right. day because that's such a long run. The recovery just the recovery yeah. is massive. Where yeah. swimming has a much shorter recovery time. Even so, you don't. In a run-up, if you want to do some five or six hundred, you know, if, if I want to do a 2,000-yard swim, I can break it up into five 400s with 10 seconds rest. Mm-hmm. And it will be no different, and you'll be able to at least reset multiple times. Mm-hmm. Or even 10 200s with 10 seconds rest. Mm-hmm. Give you the same thing. You'll probably swim it faster because you're resetting every 200. Yeah. And you'll be able to come back and go, okay, technique, technique, I, I'm back. Give me a second, regroup, 10, 15 seconds, regroup. Now let's go again. Mm-hmm. And I can at least have 25, 50 of each 200 be good technique. Yeah. You know, if, I'm, if I'm doing 10 of those, I'm having at least four or 500 yards of that 2,000 yard be a good yeah. technique rather than 25 <laughs> to 50 of that yeah. 2,000 be a good technique. Yeah. Ingraining <laughs> the good a little bit more. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, good advice. Good. All righty. Well, anything else? That, uh, we have a Christmas holiday in about a week, but we'll be here next week. Yeah. So if you're looking for a coach, check us out at go3sport.com. We do do gift cards, I guess. I don't know. If you want to give coaching to somebody. <laughs> we'll <laughs> it's figure it out. It's been done. Yes, been done. You just contact us, yeah. and, and we'll work it out. Um, like us on YouTube and uh, what are we on? Google Play and iTunes and, and all iTunes. that good stuff. Yeah. And rate us. And uh, we will see you next week. Have a good day. If you want to. If you want to, exactly.